Find me on YouTube, just type in OMG Corey B, and there I am. Also, you can find me on Twitter at OMG Corey B and at the number two Sweet Pie. So, I'm not gonna waste any more of your time, we're gonna hop right on into it. First up, we're gonna start with the Too Fast, Too Furious questions of the day, and we're gonna excuse me, Too Fast, Furious topics of the day. And first, we're going to start with Jericho coming back once again to New Japan Pro Wrestling at, New J- at Wrestling Taku, Excuse me. He attacked Naito once again, came through the crowd. I gave Naito a cold breaker. We're going to start the crowd the clock right here. One minute and 30 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Gave him a cold breaker, attacked him with the ring bell. That was a solid shot with the ring bell, by the way. So what I'm here to talk about is... Wow, this is such a big deal and such a great momentum builder for New Japan Pro Wrestling as if they didn't need it or already already taken off through the roof. But this is such a great thing to be aligned with Chris Jericho because Naito gets a huge feud. Guy's already over, but he gets a huge feud with Chris Jericho, gets a big push there heading into what is likely another big feud. Maybe he'll go back with Okada and get the belt, finally get the belt off of Okada. Uh, looking at this from another perspective, Chris Jericho gets to enhance his legend. He already worked with Kenny Omega. Now he gets to work with another huge name in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He gets to sell a lot of merch. He has a brand new shirt, which is pretty cool. It was a play on Naito's shirt. And I thought it was pretty cool. He gets to sell merch. And also, he gets to be Chris Jericho, the dirty, slimy heel that he was meant to be. That he was always meant to be. That he can't be in WWE. As for New Japan, this gives them another huge match to sell their next event on, which whenever this match takes place, uh, when I woke up today, all of the talk on Duntaku was on Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, and this is very huge for everybody involved, and this is a great moment for everybody involved, and this is going to be a fantastic match. So, moving on. We have Impact Wrestling. And Santino Morella said that Impact Wrestling was in the beginning stages of having a legendary moment in wrestling history. And we're going to start the clock right here. He talked about previous incarnations of Impact Wrestling. He talked about how not much had changed with previous incarnations, but with Don Callis and Scott Moore at the helm, things there is real change, excuse me. He talked about how they were developing fresh new talent. And he also said that this is history right now in the making. Back in the day when ECW was growing and there was something something happening. You could feel it. And it was a legendary moment in wrestling history. This is the beginning of another legendary moment in wrestling history. Now, as for the term legendary moment in wrestling history, legendary, I can't get with that because I feel that my terms of legendary moments are like when Scott Hall came in WCW and started that. When EC, as he said, as when ECW got going, that revolutionized the business. Now, when it comes to wrestling today, I don't feel like much can reach that moment, those moments of revolution in history. So that's not on Impact Wrestling's fault. 
But what I do feel is that this is a significant change for Impact Wrestling. There are some fantastic things going on. You can see it. You can feel it in the television programming. You can feel it with Redemption. That was a fantastic pay-per-view. And there are some great things going on with Impact. It, they are making it a cool thing to watch again. And they're making it all about wrestling. And it's fantastic to watch. I don't. I can't say that it's a legendary changing moment in wrestling history. But what I can say is that I enjoy it every week on Thursdays. And I enjoy their storylines. And I'm very much invested into where their storylines go. And I'm very much invested to see how far Don Callis and Scott Demore takes this going for it the golden bookers as they say so moving on we're going to talk about rusev day uh, and not in a positive light so we have had a report and once again this is these are just reports so i'm going to react to it it's just a report a rumored report that is you know, people were talking about Rusev and Aiden English breaking up. They had the segment with Lana and Aiden English, which sparked a lot of discussion. So we're going to start the clock right here. And according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, WWE is rumored to be breaking up Rusev and Aiden English because the company only sees them as a mid-card level tag team. WWE is looking to reunite Lana and Rusev because they feel the pairing will work better for a more serious push for Rusev towards the top of the card. Oh, let me just break down the inconsistencies of this report if it were to be true. The inconsistencies as, as it pertains to WWE. Them seeing Rusev and Aiden English as a mid-card level tag team is just ridiculous like how could you not how could you even look at it in my estimation as a tag team the way i looked at it is that aiden english was rusev's front man he was this michael buffer he was this paul Heyman for goodness sake without the promo work notwithstanding i mean the guy did a fantastic job of getting this rusev day thing over it was all about rusev but wwe made it into a mid-card tag team not them the, the thing that got over was rusev and they stopped pushing Rusev. They said that Lana and Rusev, this report said that Lana and Rusev would be a better pairing to work Rusev towards the top. Well, Lana and Rusev was a good pairing. And Rusev got to the top against John Cena. And then he got sent to oblivion when he lost the WrestleMania match and the eventual feud to John Cena. And... They have been killed. They have been killing. We're going in the overtime here. They've been killing Rusev's momentum push after push. He got over against John Cena going into the John Cena feud. He was mad over and he was mad over with the Rusev Day stuff. And it looks like they're about to break that up too. It's like if you get over on your own, you might as well just retire from WWE because they're not going to push you. So I'm going to move on from that and. We're going to get into the WWE Backlash predictions. We are going to break everything down. And I got to tell you, this WWE Backlash build, I got to say it's been one of the worst builds in recent wrestling history because right after WrestleMania, they spent... The time after WrestleMania, talking about WrestleMania, and they would spend it talking about the greatest Royal Rumble ever. They spent the building to that. It's like backlash was just in the back pocket somewhere. 
and that's what we've gotten there's not a whole lot of direction here the only thing we've really gotten is it's a co-branded pay-per-view and get excited about that and like sure i'm excited about that but as i said before months ago that with these co-branded pay-per-views look some people are really going to get left out on this and as we see here there's no tag team title matches for the backlash pay-per-view uh, it could be one that gets unannounced and thrown into the the pre-show who knows but as it stands right now there's no tag team spots on the card and there's been like not much build whatsoever i'm about to get into all of this right now so first off we're gonna start with Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn this is a match that here we go again not much build to it other than the only thing I can honestly remember about this feud is Braun Strowman running around and nailing people on the outside which is pretty fun in its own right which is exciting in its own right but, like, it's a thrown-together tag team with Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. And these are four guys that have no momentum, no momentum whatsoever. When you talk about Braun Strowman, the crowd loves him. So there's momentum there. The crowd loves him. But there's, there's, there's no direction. It's like he's in these random matches. He won the Royal Rumble, which, was pretty, which is pretty good. But... After that, it's just been Braun being a tag match and just go around and run around and nail everybody. So, not a whole lot of direction for him so far. And Bobby Lashley, like, he's just going into the tank with the time that he's been on Raw. And it's not his fault. It's WWE's fault. They've given him no direction as well. One night, he's attacking the lies. Next week, he's in a tag match. And the other week, he's in a completely different tag match. So, like, what is going on with Bobby Lashley? As for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I mean, they're having another GM feud. They're, they were in, in it, into it, excuse me, with Shane McMahon. They're into it with Kurt Angle now. Like... Man, there's no direction here in this feud. But with that being said, the winners will be Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. Braun Strowman can't afford to take a loss and a random tag team loss at that. Neither of these guys really can, but especially Braun Strowman cannot because it seems like he's destined for huge things going forward. Bobby Lashley can't lose his first pay-per-view match as well. So moving on, we have... Daniel Bryan and Big Cass going off in a grudge match here. So, here's the problem with this feud. WWE got our mouths all watered up for hash. And they fed us broccoli instead. So, The Miz gets drafted to SmackDown and everybody's all like, Okay, Miz and Daniel Bryan, Miz and Daniel Bryan, Miz and Daniel Bryan. So, obviously, we didn't expect a match for Backlash, but they built up Miz TV for a week. And they built it up with the intentions of having Daniel Bryan on. So, everybody was ready for Daniel Bryan and the Miz's first interaction. Well, where they screwed up is when they put Big Cass in Miz TV and then made Big Cass... And Daniel Bryan a thing 
And then they turn it into an angle, and now it's a match. Everybody has their minds on Daniel Bryan and The Miz. So, there's nothing wrong with Big Cass. It's just that they put him in an, in in a bad spot, in my opinion, because everybody's ready for Daniel Bryan and The Miz, and now we get Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. So, that's for the winner of this match. This one is really tricky because... You don't want to see Big Cass lose his first matchup. And it would be tough to have Daniel Bryan lose his first singles matchup on a pay-per-view. So it's a catch-22 here. But in the end, I guess I got to go with Big Cass here because you can't have him lose his match. What would work best for all sides is if The Miz got involved in this match. Maybe hit Daniel Bryan with a chair. I knocked him out, did whatever, and let Big Cass get the fluke win. And Big Cass gets his win, Daniel Bryan gets protected, and we move on from there. The Daniel Bryan Miz feud gets further moved along as well. So I hope that's what goes down as Big Cass will pick up the win here. Next up, we have Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton for the United States Championship. This is another random feud. Jeff Hardy interrupted Randy Orton. As he was about to accept Shelton Benjamin's challenge. So, this is how this all got started. We had Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton on Miz TV. He tried to get them riled up. It didn't work. And eventually, we had a tag match where Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy won. Randy Orton gave Jeff Hardy the RKO after the tag match. And we have this match on Backlash for the United States Championship. I expect this to be a decent match at best. I wish there was some kind of that was better a better story heading into the match. But it is what it is. It's like this all up and down on backlash. So as for the winner of the match, Jeff Hardy just got the title. And I mean Randy Orton just recently lost the title at WrestleMania. So I don't see the point in giving Randy Orton the title, and I don't see the point in Jeff Hardy losing the title as well. So definitely Jeff Hardy gets the win here. So moving on, we have Carmella versus Charlotte Flair. Carmella ch- cast in on Charlotte Flair. Won the Women's Championship. And she's been talking trash about it ever since. So this is pretty interesting because I'm scared that they're going to make Carmella a transitional champion and just throw the belt on Charlotte Flair here. Which would just be... A mistake of the highest order. I mean, I, I understand that Charlotte Flair. We're heading towards Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey apparently at WrestleMania 34, WrestleMania 35, depending on what report you believe. So I understand that Charlotte Flair has to be at the top, but Carmella just got the Women's Championship, and you cannot have her lose on her first defense on a pay-per-view match. So with that being said, your winner. At Backlash will be Carmella. She cannot lose this match. She can't afford to lose this match. Her character is just finished in the dirt done if she loses this match to Charlotte Flair. So moving on, we have Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss is getting a rematch from WrestleMania. She couldn't get a rematch at the at the greatest Royal Rumble of all time because the women weren't allowed. But I'm not going to get into that. We've been building to this storyline, to this matchup with the moments of bliss where 
Alexa Bliss has called Nia Jax a bully, and a lot of people have seemed to like that. I'm not one of them. I haven't been really interested in it. It's not really annoying in a heels way. It's not really funny to me, but it is what it is. This is how we're being built. This is the build that we have been giving going into the match, so it is what it is. I, I don't really expect this to be a great match. As I didn't expect the WrestleMania match to be a great match, it wasn't. It wasn't a good match. I really don't really expect them to have a good match here. They just don't have good chemistry, Nia Jackson and Alexa Bliss does in their matchups. So I expect that to continue going forward. As for your winner, the winner will be Nia Jax. They shouldn't take the title off of her anytime soon. I expect Nia Jax to win here and she will win going forward. I will be interested to see. What is the feud going forward after Nia Jax wins here? Because there's a lot of flux in the Raw Women's Division. When you look at Sasha and Bayley and like, who's next? Like, they have no momentum whatsoever. So who's next would be the question. I mean, I guess the somebody from the right squad would be a good choice. Maybe Ruby right would be a good choice as for the next few so we'll see on that but moving on we have Seth Rollins versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship look I have no problems with this match whatsoever however I just cannot overlook the fact that with these two guys the only thing we're looking at with these two guys is The Miz versus Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor so this feels like a match to where it's just on the card. I mean, these guys are going to have a phenomenal match. Trust me, I'm not complaining about that much. We're going to see a phenomenal match because both guys worked well with each other. It's just that the draft happening before Backlash, it, it was just the worst thing, was the worst idea. And now we're just having these, we were arriving at some situations to where we have predictable matchups. And this is one of them. Because Seth Rollins is going to get the win here. It's not like The Miz is going to bring the Intercontinental Championship to SmackDown. So Seth Rollins will pick up the win here. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Seth Rollins. He's had a lot of matches against Finn Balor. I don't know how they're going to spin that into another match. Because Seth Rollins has won both matches, both singles matches with Seth, uh, Finn Balor on Raw. So it's going to be interesting to see how they spin that. Maybe Finn Balor, we get a heel turn from here. That would be nice. But we'll see how that goes going forward. Moving on. We have AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. No disqualification match for the WWE Championship. Now this is maybe the only match where I look at and say, okay, there's a story here. There's been a long-term story. A long-term plan with this matchup and I'm invested into the story so Shinsuke Nakamura has been going around low-blowing AJ Styles hashtag knock his nuts been going around low-blowing AJ Styles and they had the match at WrestleMania it didn't live up to the hype AJ Styles won we had the Shinsuke Nakamura heel turn they had the match at the greatest Royal Rumble that was a good match it was picking up and they ended with a double count out so I didn't really like that at the time, but here we are at Backlash. And let me tell you, Shinsuke Nakamura has to win this match. No, 
End of story. No, no period point or blanks or no question marks. Shinsuke Nakamura has to win this match to solidify this heel turn because what happens if he loses? Now, I'm looking at the storyline here and obviously wrestling logic would dictate that AJ Styles would win this match because Shinsuke Nakamura has been getting the upper hand on AJ Styles every single week heading into this match. But at the same time, this heel turn, I mean, it's been done really well. I have to give WWE some credit and some acknowledgement on that. I didn't think this could work, and they've done a good job of making it happen. So I, I give them credit on that. So, But at the end of the day, Shinsuke Nakamura has to win here, and I think Shinsuke Nakamura will win here. He will become the WWE Champion for the very first time at Backlash, and he will have a... Hopefully, a tremendous run with the title. And maybe we'll get another AJ Styles match to close the deal. So, moving on, we have Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. Look here. And you want to talk about bad builds from the standpoint of one wrestler? This is the worst for Roman Reigns. Okay, first up, uh, this whole build has been based upon Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns and how Roman Reigns can't get the job done. And Roman Reigns keeps talking about how he's going to meet Brock Lesnar, he's going to beat Brock Lesnar, and he doesn't get the job done. And we're more focused on Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar than we are at this match because we had to have the greatest Royal Rumble before Backlash. And looking at this feud, looking at the build to this feud, Samoa Joe has just been ethering Roman Reigns on the mic. I mean, you gotta look at WWE creative and say, what were you thinking putting Roman Reigns in a head-to-head -head with Samoa Joe on the mic, to which Roman Reigns didn't say much at all. And he just sat there and took the punishment. And Samoa Joe has been proven as a prophet in this feud. Because Roman Reigns can't get the job done against Brock Lesnar. And he he just hasn't so far. So they've made Samoa Joe look great. They've had Samoa Joe <laughs> call Roman Reigns a failure. And every time Samoa Joe says it, it's just so funny when he says it. Roman Reigns is a failure. It's the way he says it. He sounds like Vince McMahon when he says it. It's just funny. And the crowd just loves it. They eat it up and... I just question like what is WWE thinking because you know there's a large segment of the crowd that feels the way Roman Reigns does when he talks about how Roman feels the way Samoa Joe does excuse me when he talks about some Roman Reigns can't get the job done and the overriding narrative on Roman Reigns you know it's a lot of fans that feel that way I feel that way towards creative about it and they just continue to keep messing up Roman Reigns. And the only way to fix it is a heel turn. Whether you want to accept that or not, that's on you. It's obvious. The mounting evidence. It's obvious that that's the only way it's going to work out. Whether you want to fight that or not, that's on you. As for the winner of the match, I think the, the streak keeps going. Samoa Joe will win. Roman Reigns will lose again. He will lose another big match. Because at this point, what's the point in giving him the win? 
you might as well have some more joe some more joe is heading into a title program looks like after backlash so what's the point in knocking off his momentum as he heads for a title roman reigns has just been fledging downhill so might as well keep fledging him downhill if you're gonna keep him on this path maybe it's a path towards a heel turn maybe he just gets fed up with the losses and just breaks and if he does that it will be phenomenal television trust me but as for the winner of the match like i said samoa joe gets the win here and as for my thoughts overall on backlash i mean look i look at the card and there's some good matches here but it it, it just goes to show that with a bad build to good matches, it's still tough to get into a good pay-per-view if for however many weeks this pay-per-view has been on the back burner. The build to this pay-per-view has been on the back burner as well. It's just hard to get invested into good matches when you have a build this bad. I hope that this pay-per-view does best. I wish it will. Like I said... Yes, people left off of this card that deserve to be on here. Uh, your tag team champions deserve to be on here, but it's what it is. When these co-branded pay-per-views first came about, I said that months ago. And we're not seeing people like the Usos, like the Bludgeon Brothers. I like Rusev as well. So it is what it is. I hope it goes well. So uh, tell me your thoughts down below. What do you think about Backlash? What do you think about the pay-per-view? How do you think it's going to turn out? What is your favorite match? Let me know all of that. I will respond down below. Whether it's on CastBox, YouTube, or Twitter, let me know.